evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Evermore Podcast, Unicast Night Podcast on the Evermore YouTube channel. I'm joined by two of my northern all-stars tonight, as you can see. I've got Mark, <laughs> the stat man, with me and the PK blind himself. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, good evening, Absolutely brilliant. I don't know where the southern all-stars are, mate. They didn't, they didn't get they didn't get back to me on the invite. <laughs> <laughs> it must be a bit busy. It's too cold for them, softies. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's too cold up north. It's too cold up north. But yeah, we've got loads to get loads to get stuck into tonight. Even though there hasn't been a game, that there's been a few things cracking off with Newcastle United. So we've got a few things to to cover tonight. Just before we do a little bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already, please click that like and subscribe button. Uh, we're over 1,800 subs now. It's just under PK's face there. We're, we're over 1,800 subs, which is brilliant. Thank you so much to everybody who's clicked that button. We really appreciate it. Um, I think we're about 1810 now. So Hopefully going to push on to 1900 then to a milestone of, of 2000, which is just amazing, you know, for the length of time we've been going as a channel. So we love you so much for that. Thank you very much. It really helps the channel grow and uh, keep bringing this free content as we do. So let's get stuck in then. The first topic for tonight, as we said, there's been no football um, over the weekend. Obviously, we know what's happened uh, with the Premier League coming to a standstill. It is returning. Um, so we're going to pick up on that in a minute and talk about the, the Bournemouth game, which hopefully still goes ahead. But we just thought we would uh, pause for reflection, much like everybody else is doing, uh, about how we're doing as a team this season so far. So so just coming to you, PK, just to rattle through the numbers before you kind of you, you give us your take on it. So so obviously we've you know we played six games, we've won one, drew four, lost one, seven points on the board. I think we've got seven goals for and six against. So What's your take, PK, on how we've done as a side? Are you pleased, mate, or are you are you, are you meh, or how do you feel? Um, we we should have more points on the board for sure. Uh, you know, I know it's been covered to death about VAR and decisions that have gone against us in nearly every game. It seems like it, you know. But I think you know, you look at it. Uh, if you look at the you know the opening game was a very comfortable win against Forest two nil could have been four nil five nil easily we were you know playing very good football and Forest were um, a team full of new players uh, went to Brighton and actually you look at Brighton's results we got a very very credible nil nil draw wouldn't play very well but still came away with a point um, and then City at home three one up could have been three could have been. A win could have that penalty, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, another very good point. Uh, then we went to Liverpool. Is that right? I believe so. Was it was it Liverpool? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember now. Yeah, went to Liverpool. Unfortunate to say the least, not to get a point there. Uh, and then we were at Wolves. Um, didn't again, didn't play very well. Wolves were there for the beating, probably should have beaten them again, and then you know, definitely should have beaten Palace. Forget about the, the stupid VAR again, but we should have beaten them anyway. Isaac should have scored, we should have buried them in the first half. So, actually, if we got what we should have out of the out of our opening six games, we should really be fourth or fifth at the moment. But I think one thing I'm pleased with is a we're not conceding a lot of goals, we've conceded six goals so far this season, and three of those have been in one game against City. Um, we're not scoring enough goals. You know, Callum Wilson's injury, of course, is a bit of a kick in the nuts, as per usual. But hopefully, he'll be back on the bench. Probably cover that off a little bit later for uh, for Saturday. But overall, we're playing much better football. We're playing pressing football. We're playing attacking football. So I'm actually pretty happy in terms of the performances. A little bit unlucky. We've got to turn those draws into wins, though. You've got to beat Palace at home, really. You know, and, and West Ham being off was maybe from an injury perspective a bit of a blessing in disguise 
because I'm hoping that come Saturday we'll have at least Bruno back, potentially Wilson or Wilson on the bench. And who knows about ASM? I'm not quite sure. Um, so, you know, Bournemouth's got to be, it's, it's, it's a must win, really, when you think about it. Another draw really isn't good enough. If we want to be challenging top seven, top eight, which really we should be with the players that we've got. I think that um, we've got to be beating Bournemouth. And if we beat Bournemouth, then we're, we're doing all right. You know, one defeat in seven. Okay, two wins probably isn't enough, but the way we're playing football and the way we're difficult to beat, I'm pretty happy. And I think, you know, I think we can push on. We've got some good fixtures coming up, haven't we, in the next few weeks? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, we'll get stuck into the Bournemouth game, um, you know, come the end of the, the end of the episode. Mark, just your take on this as well. Um, you know, obviously, PK's right that there's probably games that we should have done better and games that we maybe should have closed off and should have won. You can blame Vartel, you know, you're blue in the face, but the, there is parts of the game that the, the, the players have got to take some some ownership for. But j- just as a, as a sidebar, mate, how do you feel the new players have settled in? You know, the likes of Botman, you know, obviously, Matty Target was already there, but the likes of Botman and Isaac. I know it's really doors. Do you, do you think it's exciting times ahead, mate? How quickly the lads have settled and, and bought in Teddy Houses? It, it, it certainly looks that way. I mean, look at how comfortable Botman looks at the back. Um, he, he's playing like a veteran. You know, he's he's, he's calm. His passing's good. Um, you can see by those those balls. We've, we've touched on this a couple of times now with those balls he plays out of defence straight in, through in, into the midfield, straight through the, the, the line of the attack of the midfield of the opposition. So he, he is comfortable. Um, and it, it'll only get better. Um, and the, the the way, and again, we we've touched on this before, but he's the way that he's he's adapted to this pressing game that that sort of Eddie Howe's wanted him to to adapt. It's not something he did in Spain. He he, he did very little of, of that sort of pressing work, and he's coming and he's 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 immediately got got straight into that, and he looked phenomenal um, against Liverpool. He takes a chance against Palace, and that 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 game's completely changed, and, and that will come. I think it's just one touch being slightly off; it, it just ruins that for him. But they've definitely settled well. Obviously, target coming in absolutely helps, and not having to then bring in somebody new into that position. So he's, you know, it, it's difficult when he's not been there. He's but they've they've managed without him. Um, but it's definitely good to have him back in in that position. It certainly gives you that that balance left and right. With your full backs too, so um, no, it's been. I think it's been really positive. You know, the the start of the season. Yes, you want more wins on the table, but you, know, you go to the last three games. Um, certainly, where you can you can you can look at Brighton and say yes, you got away with with, with one a little bit there. Forest was easy. Um, that was a nice straightforward run. City was. I mean, it could have gone either way, but Newcastle had the chances really to have to have taken that as well. The Wolves game, the Palace game, you just have to look at the chances created, the the XG really for, for both of those games, and they were they were streets ahead of the opposition in, in that regard. Um, and then Liverpool as well, when you when you look at it, the the sort of the XG, you always think Liverpool will, will out, outdo us in, in that in that sort of start, but they they weren't that far ahead. And that game was very, very I mean, it was, you know, at the added time, we we all know about it, it was so close. But they never really looked like being beaten, so there, there's there's probably six points at least missing off the board potentially, and and then you you're right up there. So it's not a bad start. You want it to be better, but you you certainly have taken a lot of those results before the season had started. Yeah, I think PK touched on what Davey's saying there as well. PK, the run of games we've got coming up, we need to be gaining more points. I and mean, you've got Bournemouth, Fulham, and Brentford. PK coming up next is three games. 
You know, they, yeah. we've got to be looking to get. I mean, I'm not being funny. You've got to be looking to get at least, you know, at least six points out of those. Seven, seven points, possibly. Seven Surely, points, yeah. seven, seven or nine points. You'd hope so. Yeah, I think one thing you forgot about uh, Nick Pope, Mark. I think he's made yeah. a massive <laughs> difference to us. Oh, he's miles ahead. <laughs> Miles and miles ahead of uh, the bench warmer, isn't he? Let's be honest, Dubravka. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bench well, well, <laughs> yeah, if anyone hadn't seen Martin Dubravka's comments earlier on, I think Magpie 24-7 tweeted them out. Uh, he said when, when Manchester United came calling from it, it re- reinvoked the man in him or something like that. So, uh, yeah, you crack on, Marty. You, you enjoy that seat on the bench, buddy, lad. They've got nice leather, I think, at Old Trafford. So you just sit your ass down, mate. No That's even, even if he makes the bench. Well... Yeah. Good God! I mean, ter- yeah, terrible. Talk, talk, about, talk about a way to piss on your legacy as a Newcastle player. Like you know, even if you, when you're on loan, you might even end up back in Newcastle. That's going to be very awkward for him. I don't think he will. But you know, yeah. you know, if Manchester United don't take up the option afterwards, you could end up back at Newcastle before he has to bugger off again. So uh, he, he very, may never very, play uh, game. May never play against United. I don't think he will, unless the gear gets injured. I mean, he'll probably play in the FA Cup or something, third round, and those kind of things. Uh, you know, he might get a game there. He's not cup tied. Well, we haven't started the cups. He's not cup tied for us. But uh, but yeah, I mean, very silly, very silly by uh, by by Dubravka. We've got some comments coming in. As I said, guys, you know we're live. Come in the comments. Let us know what you think. Rogers in the comments saying realistically six or seven points. Belief absolutely, Roger. I'm with you and PK. I think these games coming up, um, we really need to see the attack and prowess of the players. You know, we spoke about it, Mark. You know, in our Joe Willick video that we did as well. You know, Joe Willick has, has been getting in the goal scoring opportunities. And they've, and they've been easier finishes and he's made them look as well. So we don't know whether he's, he's just overworked, overtired because he's an all-action midfielder now as rather than a goal-scoring midfielder. But Joe Willock has to start taking these chances. You know, me, me and PK are huge fans of young Elliot Anderson. He's breathing down the necks of these players to get in that get in that 11 PK, isn't he? And if Joe Willock doesn't start yes. taking these chances, he might be out He might be out of the squad mate, or maybe out of the starting line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's had a, an assist or a goal yet this season, Willock. And at the end of the day, as a as the forward thinking of the three centre midfielders, you need goals out of him. Uh, Anderson will give us assists. He'll give us goals wherever he chooses Definitely. to play him, whether it's out left, out right, ahead of the ahead of Bruno and Joe Linton. I think he'll give us goals. He doesn't look overawed. It doesn't look like he's going to shit his pants if he starts a game on Saturday, for example. I think he. I do think he'd be brilliant. Willock, Willock, I really like. He's obviously super fit. He's played every game for us, hasn't he, so far, including. Uh, the Tramia Cup game. I think he was the only player that started that Tramia Cup game, perhaps, out of everybody. <clears throat> He's obviously super fit, but he looked knackered. He looked knackered at the end of the Liverpool game. He looked knackered at the end of the Palace game. Um, but he needs to take chances. He needs to score. And he needs assists. And we need more out of him. Absolutely. Good evening to you, BT, in the comments as well, mate. Yeah, I think, Mark, just going on to, you know, how the guys have done, you know, my take on as well, just to throw it back to you about these next few games coming up. I'm very similar to PK. I think we've done well. If if we think about last season, we did win a game in 14 games. So, of course, it's an improvement without a shadow of a doubt. But, you know, we know how good this manager is. We ended the season as one of the top three, four uh, form sides in the Premier League. So, we were expecting to start this season well. You know, we we invested, as, as PK rightly says, Nick Pope is... It's probably going to be the sign of the summer, really. You know, certainly for us. Um, the, way, the, the, yeah, the, the calmness he's brought to that back five. You know, Trippier staying fit, huge. You know, target Botman slipping in, as you said, Mark, as well. Big blow losing Bruno, Maxi, and Wilson as we did. Um, you know, not signing that right winger in uh, January too was was also a big blow. But just just on these next few games coming up, 
Um, our back five has been brilliant, no doubt, right? But it's it's going to be a test as well, isn't it? Because you've got Tony and Mitrovic, you know, in amongst these three games coming up, and they're both on fire. Extra cast of players with point to prove. I know that the lads did brilliantly against Haaland, kept them relatively quiet as well as you can do. Would would you back Botman to, you know, Botman and Shah to deal with these two guys as well, mate, in the, in the games coming? I mean, yeah, they, yeah you, you've touched on they, they are totally different prospects. I think Haaland is, again, very different to, to those two, too. He, he very much wants to be at the end of everything into that box. You've seen, I mean, the, the goals he scored so far this season have pretty much all come from about one or two yards out. But that's what you yeah. want him to do. You want him to, to be in there and mop up those chances. Mito's going to be a challenge, isn't he? Because he, he he's such a, a threat in the air. He's such a... Um, I want to not call him a lump, but you, you know what I mean. He's he's big he's like and a throwback, though, isn't he? He's like a, he's like he a throwback to Drogba or something like that. That kind of big, strong striker. Just but he has the ability to go with it as well. He's not yeah. just a you know a plank of wood. Not mentioning anybody in particular. I was going to um, say that. <laughs> not those words. <laughs> but, clever for me. He um, he occupies defenders far better than Chris does. Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's gonna he's gonna push, and he's gonna be much more physical on, on those two, and that will be a test. Um, I, I think if I was him, I, I'd be angling probably towards playing off off Shah's side, because I think he'd probably have better joy that side than he would against Botman. But Botman's mm. still a little bit green in, in the league, so maybe he, he has that chance. But it's going to be a t- challenge, whoever. And Tony just gives you something different again because he, he likes to pull just a little bit deeper. He plays just outside the box a lot. Um, and, and he's a threat from distance. He's a threat in the box. He's a threat. And, yeah, he does give them an awful lot um, of ability in, in that position. And can you forget, he's got pace around him as well. So he can bring Tony, those players to Yeah, Tony worries me a little bit, PK. I, I think we talked about this, I think, in previous episodes, mate, as well. When we lack a, a holding midfielder, a proper defensive midfielder that can sit in front of the back four and deal with, you know, added pressure from attacking opposition. Um, I think when you when you have players like Tony, like Mark says, you can pull out wide, you can drop deep, you can, you know, get involved in the play, get in the box. You almost need that, you know, I wouldn't say like a Kante type figure. You need like a holding midfielder to back up the defence in case they get they get pressed and they get caught. Um, you know, do, do you think we miss that player still going to maybe some of the frustrations that we've had with the window closing? Are we missing a player like that, stop players like that? You know, maybe penetrating the back four? It's difficult to say. I think we've got one in Joe Linton, I'm perfectly honest. But I think that once Bruno's back, we'll see Joe Linton sit a little bit deeper. And I think he, mm. he can, can and could do that job for us. I mean, I don't... He's got the engine. He's got the pace. Yeah. He's got the engine. He's got the pace. I don't like to see Joe Linton. I like to see him um, motoring forward with the ball, but then giving it off. Because as we know, he gets into the final third and he shits his pants. So mm. why, why can't he sit in there? But you know what? We're talking about... <sighs> Okay, Mitrovic has started the season well, and so has Tony. I get it. But we're not talking about Haaland. We kept Salah quiet. We're not talking about, you know, Gabriel Jesus, who's on fire for Arsenal. Now he's playing centre-forward. We're talking about Fulham, and we're talking about Brentford. I think we should be more concerned with scoring more goals than these guys. So we shouldn't have to worry too much about these decent centre-forwards. With either of those two centre-forwards getting our side as of today, not over Wilson and Isaac. I don't think they're as good as those two. Not not on the form. But I mean, obviously, they're, they're different. I think Mitro definitely is different. You know, you know, as Mark says there. So yes. So, but Mitrovic wouldn't get in our in our um, in our first team. 
No, he wouldn't. Just, I wouldn't have I just him noticed... Rafa didn't like him. Rafa didn't like no, him. No, no, but his training. I think when he was when he was here under Rafa, he was very ill-disciplined. I think he's maybe he was. calmed he's down. Yeah, he's matured, he's matured a little bit. Just just see that comment from BT there. Yeah, uh, we have seen that comment BT. We have, I've actually wrote a piece that's up on our um, our Twitter page. If you go to uh, it's at evermore underscore NUSC. I think it is Mark, isn't it? Uh, if you just follow us on Twitter, Mark Mark will roll the banner in a minute. Um, and I've done a piece on this and, uh, and gave my opinion on it. Absolutely disgraceful comments, really, as Roger says, the start of the end. I mean, I, I quite like Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp's um, response to it, as much as we slag him off, BK. Uh, it was a good response to it. And, uh, you know, th- this just, I mean, we'll just cover this for a second, guys. I mean, this this just does not, it does not work in English football, does it? it that yeah. him thinking the pyramid's going to enjoy any of that wealth from an all-star game. He's on glue. He's on glue, isn't he? Come on. Jesus Christ. It's just, ah, it's just a ridiculous one. I know you're going to cover off a little bit later on here, but fuck it now. Yeah. <laughs> Premier League North against the South. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it would only be City, Liverpool, and probably Man United, even with Ronaldo, because he's got commercial revenue uh, potential. But yeah. wouldn't he be the Newcastle players? I mean, Jurgen Klopp brought Newcastle in the argument. But what about the Midlands, Mark? Do they just fuck off and disappear somewhere? Do they choose sides? Well, is it like celebrity go dating? Where do they go? South or north? What do they do? D- depending on who you talk to, they're either north or they're south, aren't they? So <laughs> exactly. where, where, do they, where do they fit in? So um, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Not, there's no Villa or Wolves players to get in anyway. Maybe Neves. <laughs> maybe uh, yeah. if, if they want a long ball specialist, possibly. Maybe Neves will get in. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a good comment there. I think you, you mentioned this as well, Mark, there. I mean, Botman did match Haaland. I mean, Haaland still got his goal, didn't he? But I think... You're right, mate, to, to single out Botman. I think as much as we're, we're lacking maybe the attacking quality, we talked about that. We'll talk about that probably, you know, till January comes. We've got a section to talk about that in a minute. But I think Sven Botman just, just you know, assimilating to the Premier League as easy as he has, mate. It just honestly, it's been it's been so good, Mark, to see, hasn't it? I mean, he's been up against, as PK rightly said, Harlan Salah, two of the best in the business right now. And he's just not looked like he's even been waver at all is he you know he's just he's no. just gone about his business he's not mr b and, and to be fair I, I think when harland looked dangerous or more dangerous in in that game he pulled deep he pulled he into that into that sort of attacking yeah. midfield area to pick the ball up and run with it and that's i think that's the area that, that potentially you look at the likes of tony will 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 try and target yeah that's where we need that defensive attack. midfield in my opinion he can follow them out and and stop that play but but yeah i mean I'm, I'm with you guys i think it could have been better but it could have been a lot worse to start of the season and i think as you say pk these next few games coming up are real testers we need to start winning games we can't keep drawing games yeah um or we're going to be in for a very very different season than, than, than we hope for and we, we're going to be in for are. a very average season if we don't put these teams away we'll be in for a very average mid-table season we want more yeah. than that the owners want more than that and you know will Eddie Howe be under a little bit of pressure if you know if they don't start winning games, I'm not saying they're going to kick them out well, the door. They're not. Yeah. But you know, if we finish 11th, 12th, 13th this season, it's not really progress. Well, you know? mediocre seasons is a perfect segue, PK, into the next section, which is uh, the ghosts of the past. <laughs> seamless, <laughs> mate. Seamless. So, uh, much like every other club, that the minute you start to have a bit of um, you know uh, success and a little bit of media coverage, all these old knackers from the past come out, and there is no bigger knacker. Than the manifestation of the the bully the bully bull from Bullseye himself, Sam Allardyce, who has come out okay. uh, recently and talk about Newcastle United with this quote. And I'm going to quote to Mark in a second because I know Mark uh, just the fact that he was England manager made Mark have nightmares for about five weeks. So, got, <laughs> so Sam Allardyce came out and said, 
I suppose looking back on my career, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, that was particularly Newcastle. I think people forgot about the Bolton record because it was considerable uh, amount of time ago. When I took the Newcastle job, that was going to be the big one. That was going to escalate my career beyond what I'd achieved at Bolton, which was pretty major. Unfortunately, a takeover meant that I lost my job and couldn't build Newcastle into what Freddie Shepard wanted them to be. Now, I'm not sure, Mark, a takeover cost Sam Allardyce a job. I'm sure a 33% win ratio cost Sam Allardyce his job. Would you agree, mate? Yeah, I think, what was it, 7 of 20... Was it 8 of 24, 7 of 24 games that he that he won like in, that, that, yeah. in that season? Um, I think when you look at it, some of the results in that season as well, losing Reading, losing 4 to Portsmouth... It's it, it wasn't great viewing, and if I, if I'm trying to put my, my old old man head back on just to go, I can't remember that far back, but it wasn't particularly fun watching either. Um, no, and he just we, he was the yeah. I just I, I think it's a he is trying to rewrite history, isn't he? Let's yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. What was your memory of that time, PK? It was dreadful. Yeah, it was <laughs> Fucking dreadful football. Um, we were we were 4-0 down in nine minutes at home to Portsmouth and lost the game 4-1, I think, in the end. Um, it was fucking dreadful. Uh, Peter Ramage may have gone off with a shake, a dodgy hamstring that game. Mm. He's getting, I may be wrong. I don't fucking know. That was a long time ago. What was that? 2000, 2008? Yeah, 2009. Yeah. 2007, Jesus Christ, I don't know. All, I do remember, sorry, Mark, I do remember that Allardyce, I think when Allardyce got the bullet, we were 11th, something like that. We would have been 16th-ish had Habby Bay not scored a last-minute back-post header against your boys, Villa, Mark. That sounds about right. Um, so it's sort of, you know, oh, sacked at 11, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was awful. The football was awful. He spent more time with a headset in with his 400 backroom staff than he did just coaching. And I was quite excited for all dice coming at the time. I think, was it Glenn Roder before him, maybe? Uh, yeah, it was, right. it was. It was, yes. it was yeah. Glenn Roder came so, in after Sunes, didn't he? And then yeah, Allardyce yeah, so. came in. I was excited as well, mate, because I thought he did a good job with, with Bolton Wanderers. He did a really he got good some, job for Bolton. Yeah. He did. He got a forty-one percent win ratio. I think he got some good players in, like Yeros and Cotchers and all these guys, and they looked all right, didn't they? Yeah, but they were always punching above their weight when they bolt. Let's be honest. But yeah. um, it, just just to jump in, PK, it was the Blues. It wasn't Villa that he scored against. Villa. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it was the, it was the Blues. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it was Birmingham. <laughs> I thought that um, his football was turgid. It was, it was awful. It was a awful. little bit like watching Bruce Ball, wasn't it? It was. It I don't was. know who I that's know harsh on. Well, I know. You know what? In fairness, <laughs> both dinosaurs. If he got, got a full season, he probably would have finished mid-table. Um, but you know, is that just the height of our ambitions? Mm-hmm. That's Ashley. I say, yeah. Ashley had to get rid of him. You know, you you want yeah. your new manager in? Just ask uh, Thomas Tuchel. Well, Roger, Roger's got a point there. If he stayed, we probably would have stayed up, but it would have been the most miserable football, of, I think, as you said before, Roger, as well. Hellish football. But it's quite funny that, that Sam Allardyce, I remember when, when Newcastle were in the shit and uh, Mike Ashley was just wiping his ass on everything that was Newcastle United. Um, Allardyce took great pleasure in laughing at us when he was a Palace manager, when he was Everton manager, um, you know, saying how he called his villa Casas St. James's because he uses payoff money to buy the buy a villa. But now all of a That's sudden, right. Newcastle United is a name on people's lips. Ambitious, 
looking to move up the table. You know, young, ambitious manager bringing in big players. Sam Ardice is now playing the bleating heart that he wasn't given a fair crack of the whip. I'm pretty sure, Mark, he was on Talk Sport not that long back either, saying how um, Ashley wanted to bring him in or something, didn't he? And he, and he said no. Um, uh, was it when uh, before Carver took the job or something like that? I think it was, or something like that. Um, there was, I'm sure he was saying it. There, there was talk about it, wasn't there? Um, yeah. Where it just, I mean, he, like I say, he, 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 I think he, he tries to rewrite as much as he got. He's got to sort of mend his reputation, hasn't he? After, after, I mean, they even go back that far to the England thing, and, and yeah. he's not had the, you know, the saviour success that he that he once prided himself on since. Yes. So he'll he'll come out and say anything, won't he? And he, he just he will drag it up, and it it's. It's Newcastle, so it's it's money in the news, isn't it? So he can he can That's say exactly what he wants, and, and people will listen to him. He'll be after the Bournemouth just... job. He'll be after the Bournemouth job. I bet That's why he's getting himself out there and, and making God himself relevant him. again. Probably, who I don't he... think Bournemouth will go down that route. I don't think. Who did he finally take down? Uh, ooh, um, was West it... Brom. West Brom was West Brom. West Brom. Yeah, yeah. West Brom it didn't work out. Didn't he stay in the Championship for a bit until he binned them? And they got. Um... Nah, he went in the he went in the summer, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, did he? He went in the summer. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty he's just, sure. Yeah, he's he's just. I mean, he's just that that gobby wanker in the pub, isn't he? That just says, "I can do that. I can do that." Everyone says, "Oh, shut up, Sam." You know, just as, as Davey says there, the, the bribery man. I mean, this is a guy who was the England manager of all things, and you know, I think me and Mark said at the time, it's like it was like Mike Bassett comes to life. How was he the England manager? Uh, and then he, you know, he, he pissed that away his biggest opportunity in his whole career ever to be the England manager, and he pissed that away as well just by being a complete crooked bastard. Uh, so BT saying Allardyce has gone to the meeting with Chairman Chris Moore, expecting to be told Newcastle said a new player, only to learn he was being replaced by Kevin Keegan. That's absolutely fantastic. I remember actually when um, when the that happened, Mark. Remember we went to the cup game, didn't we, against Stoke in the replay, wasn't it? Because we, we drew one one. And then the replay was as James's, I think. And the news came that Keegan was coming back. And then nobody was going to the game with him. And then all of a sudden, the ticket office was just had queues just down the road, didn't there? It was just mental, wasn't it? We've been stoked 4 0. Did Emery get sent off? He did, I think, yeah. Mike Lone scored. I remember, I think, Mike Lone scored in that um, game, I think. Um, <laughs> sorry for swearing. Sorry for swearing, PK. Sorry for swearing. But, but yeah, so it is quite funny, and uh, we do have a chuckle that uh, the ghosts of the past are coming out of the woodwork. That won't be the only one. There'll be loads more after that. There'll be loads of them. I couldn't give a shit. It's good. It's a backhanded compliment. It is. It is. But listen, let's move on to the future. Never mind the past. So just talking a little bit about January sales and a little bit of investment in youth. So um, you know, there, there was news coming out recently that the, the number one target was was Madison uh, in January. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second, PK. But there has been some breaking news kind of doing the rounds on social media and all the, the football website pages. Apparently, uh, Newcastle are close to tying up a deal for Australian hotshot Garang uh, Qual, um, who's 17 years old. Uh, I think he's a, he's a attacking midfielder stroke forward. Um, looks a very talented player. Ran the entire Barcelona team ragged in a, in a pre-season game recently um and there's also links to you know there's uh andre is it uh, andre de santos i think it is uh, from the one of the brazilian team so, so it looks like what we're investing in youth as well pk i mean this has got to be exciting there, hasn't it because the youth team's been a little bit hitty missy isn't it we haven't produced a lot of real mm. quality that, that's genuinely got a chance to come in the first team have we really over the last few what years happened? no we haven't i think what we've got to do is whilst we are rebuilding 
the infrastructure of the club, which is obviously Dan Ashworth and the CEO. His name escapes me. Darren Eels. Darren Eels. Darren Eels, yeah. the chap from Atalanta. Yeah. What you know, it takes ten years to build an academy effectively, doesn't it? Now absolutely. building an academy and having academy players coming through is absolutely vital. Not just for your players coming through, but for, for revenue generated as well. I think my my pal the Man City fan told me that City generated around 80 to 100 million pound in academy player sales wow. over the summer a lot of money that's a lot of money so it can it? also <laughs> generate you know can also generate you a lot of cash as well once you start mm. bringing your players through but in the meanwhile we still have an under 23s side that we need you know we need players for and you can't match them out of thin air so yeah mm. I, I, I like the fact that they're looking to bring in some of these younger players who have got some talent um you know i know you and i chris watched that youtube video of that young lad who's playing in australia at the minute and he looks brilliant doesn't he he does he does look tasty he does mark we, we, we brought in a few i think there's been a few other players mark would be linked to as well i think it was at motherwell there's a lad called lennon miller who's again the young midfielder we already signed it, it was at the center half from um Kilmarnock, uh, Alex Murphy, I think it was, wasn't it? So we we are we are making some movements uh, in in the youth academy. I mean, you look at teams like I mean the bigger teams like Chelsea, Mark, who just go and buy the best of the best, and you know they, they find like the Bruyners and Salas from teams, and then bring them in and all that. But they don't bring them to the youth academy. Unlike I was just about to say that if you if you if you listen to their owner, Christ, oh my, they, they they were through their youth academy. Um, yeah, sure they were, mate. Sure they were. Even check Wikipedia, mate. That'll that'll give you yeah, a little bit more. Jesus. If you look at players like Raheem Sterling who come out of QPR into Liverpool, so this is what the bigger teams do: they find the younger yeah. players in academies and, and then they get them to Newcastle. And it's only going to be a sign for for the future, being brighter and brighter. Mark, that we can attract these young talents. There's also a local Sunderland lad who's big news locally that um, we've been sniffing around for a long time. Attacking midfielder, you got his name, Mark. What was his name again? Chris. Chris Rigg, I think it is. That, Chris that, yeah, Rigg. He looks looks a, a, a proper prospect. He looks well. a real player. Yeah. And this is, I think, this has always been Newcastle's problem, hasn't it? Is is just that in the local area, you you have that that group of players that have always headed south of the river because that's yeah. where that's where the the, the better academy was. Absolutely. So that has to change. We we touched on this earlier on after the tip that it has to be that you build the academy into something where every every good young player in the area wants to be there so you have your pick of everybody you don't lose out to to your, your local you know your local rivals i guess that's a great comment by bt as well pk isn't it that for so long newcastle united signed players that had just no no kind of ceiling ahead of them no you know yeah. no potential sell-on value we're getting 28 year olds that we couldn't shift because the next the next step down was to go a league below wasn't it or two leagues below him yeah it was it was but i think actually if you look around the leagues there are not that many local lads who've come through academies. Phil Foden is an exception. Mason Mount, is, I presume, is. came through the academy at Chelsea. Mm. Um, so did, was it Reese James and Chalibur? Chalibur, there's a couple of other ones there yeah, as well. And yeah. Loftus Cheek, Harvey, so few. You've got Harvey Elliott at Liverpool. You know, sadly, yeah. you've got Bobby Clark, who left about two or three weeks before the I mean, takeover. Uh, I wish I wish that hadn't happened, mate, because he's a real player, isn't he, Bobby Clark? By all he accounts. certainly looks like it, yeah. So... You won't get that many coming through, but if you can get a an Elliot Anderson, or you can get one or two that are going to get some good game time, 
you know, through the academy or through bringing them through the academy, it's going to save you fortunes. Elliot Anderson will probably save us 30 or 40 million quid. That's how good I, you and I, Chris, think he could be. Yeah. Um, but again, you use the academy, you bring those players in, you give them some game time and you sell them on, you are generating money, you're generating revenue and income as well. Yeah. So it's not just about bringing them all through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Mark, just, just to kind of finish on the youth bit before we talk about, you know, the January, potential January signings, um, you, you're not always going to get something like what Manchester United had with the class of 92. I mean, that was a freak occurrence where you had, you know, what, seven or eight of them that were just ready-made to go into the first team. And that Ferguson got such pellers at the time, didn't he, when he did it, but he knew what he had coming through, didn't he, mate? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we'll. You're right. We'll, we'll probably never see the likes of that again. But you've you've got to prepare yourself to bring in the one that does make it. You know, the one yeah. or two that you might find. Play the chance. odds. But you've yeah. also got to have in that in that structure in there that you can go further afield and you can find them abroad, like other clubs have done. Bring them in when they're young. Play them in the in the, the youth team in the in the under twenty ones, whatever. You've got to have that facility there to, to bring them in so that you can then like city you've done sell a lot of them on a lot of the ones that they've sold on aren't homegrown they've been brought in for from elsewhere and overseas yeah. um to you you know you bring them in for, for next to nothing and you sell them <clears> on for 20 million the prime example of that was somebody like douglas louise bring him in sell them on for 20 odd million put put pauses in there to buy back if they ever go on and make Barcelona are brilliant at doing things like that. Sell them on, but have that buy-back clause in there. So if they do suddenly become brilliant, you've got an out to get them back at a reasonable reasonable price and not have to pay over the odds. But if they don't make it, you've made an awful lot of money on them. Absolutely. I think smarter, smarter business management that's now at the club, as well as coupled with football knowledge, it surely will will have that happening, you know. BT saying that he did read that Newcastle are going to give Elliot Anderson a new contract as his current contract expires in two years' time. Just your comment on that, PK. You know, we're a huge fan of the lad. You know, we, we don't hide it. Um, I think we he's shown enough. It. Yeah, we won't mention right, it once or twice. But I think uh, he's shown enough in glimpses to, to yes. probably say you should time down on a new deal. I mean, football deals we know aren't worth the paper printing on, really, because people can get bought out and everything else. But it, once Anderson gets that chance and, and gets in, I think he'll be hard-pushed to get shoved out again, mate. Yeah, I totally agree. As long as he can stay fit, because we know how good he can be. Yeah, if he's only got two years left in his contract, he's going to be worth X amount at the moment. You stick him on a six-year deal and he starts yeah. getting game time, he starts becoming incredibly valuable, doesn't he? Absolutely, one one hundred percent. You know, so it's it's exciting times ahead. But just a bit before we move on, then. So January, the 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 fact that we've already got players being linked in January is great for me. I, I do think that the the club are frustrated, Mark. I think with some of the business they couldn't get done. We talked about it. Eddie Howe even voiced it, didn't he? I think there was a couple of deals he thought were wrapped was wrapped up that weren't wrapped up, or the other teams changed the goalposts. James Madison apparently, Mark, is the number one target. Um, I think that deal was ready to rock in the summer. And I think that Leicester, whatever they did, they dug their heels in. They lost for Fauna. They couldn't lose Madison as well. Um, it sounds very much like Madison wants to come to Newcastle, and it sounds like we want him to come. Now, two questions here, and I'll get PK's taking this as well. Um, obviously, Madison coming in, will he improve us? And secondly, do you think Madison being the top target spells could spell the end for Alan St. Maximum? Yes and no. Simple. Yes and no. 
Yeah, I, I I don't think it'll spell the end for 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 Saint Maxima. I think he he comes in and he he's able to to move move around. I think it's more likely to spell the end for Miggy being first choice definitely. Yeah, um, because you can move those to either side, and they're very comfortable playing right or left in in that. And regard. effective, so equally can, effective either side. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What about you, PK? Are you happy with Madison if he was to come in, and also the maximum question. Thanks. I think he's a very, very good footballer. He, no way, no way he it spells the end for St. Maximum. Football's a squad game. You know, yeah. we want European football. That means more games. That means more a deeper squad needed. We've seen the lack of strength and depth at the minute. But I think the one question I've got, and, you know, we don't know the lads personally, but does James Madison pass the no dickhead test? Uh, I think so. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, listen, most footballers probably are dickheads in some, in some regard. Right. But I think that uh, Madison, Madison does have a bit of a playboyish type vibe, but you know, a lot of footballers do. Um, when you watch him play for Leicester and you watch, I mean, Brendan Rogers is a good manager. I know he's having a bad spell at the moment, but Brendan Rogers wouldn't suffer him if he was a dickhead. I think Brendan Rogers would, would have either, you know, try to manage him out the door, or, or he would have uh, he would have got rid of him at the first chance he had if he thought he was disruptive. I think Madison is very confident. Bruno is very confident as well, you know. Um, but I think I think Madison to me isn't a dickhead, not in the purest sense. He's not doing TikToks like he's twelve years old, like you know Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard. Yeah, he hasn't got a new haircut every week like fucking Paul Pogba, you know. So to me, that's that's the di- that's the dickhead policy. In that <laughs> case, begging to, <laughs> begging to go to Liverpool every summer like Michael Owen. That, that that's the dickhead policy, mate. If he's good enough for you, he's good enough for me. No, he's well, talented. He walks into our team, doesn't he? Probably ahead of Willock absolutely, in that yeah. position more so because I think Harvey Barnes tends to play further out left, doesn't he? For Leicester, he does. He does. Um, so Madison sort of floats around almost a, a sort of wider right ten kind of player. Mm, yeah, absolutely. He's got a comment there by Roger. He still thinks that Miggy hasn't delivered any useful stats by Jan. He may be away, especially if another one comes in. Yeah, I, I'm tending to lean towards what Mark said, Roger, as well. That it could spell the end for Miggy if um, if Madison comes in. You know, PK and I were talking off camera about about the potential arrival. Uh, you know, of of uh, you know, obviously the Australian wonder kid. He looks like he's an energizer bunny, like Miggy, but he looks like he might have slightly better end product even at 17. So maybe. You know how might be thinking. We'll, we'll bring him in, stick him in the twenty threes. If he tears that up, I'll bang him on the bench. And if he does bring me the en- energy that Miggy does with a bit extra quality, then it could be the end of Miggy. But I think how likes Miggy's endeavour, but he knows he needs more quality. I think he needs more summer, end product. Oh, hundred percent. I'm not sure you can teach that with Miggy. Um, not to the extent where he's delivering better quality to win games, to change games. I think. That's why we were looking at somebody like Diaby, and that's why we're maybe looking at somebody like Madison. I mean, the Madison deal makes loads of sense for me for numerous reasons, not to mention the fact that his contract's coming towards the end. You'll get him for an absolute snip. He's Premier League proven. On his day, he's one of the best in his position. Um, and I think he takes us up to another level. And hopefully, as you said earlier on, PK, if we start turning them draws into wins, then we're going to be pushing top seven, hopefully, mate. So we might have European football next season. You never know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for. We'll bring those January boys in. Hopefully, I know it's a, it's a hard window in January, but you can pinch Leicester's remaining two best players off them. Uh, isn't Tealman's <laughs> exactly. out? Can't Tealman's talk to anybody in January? Can come January. He can talk to anybody. Is it free transfer in the summer, Mark? If he stays, is that right? He's free he transfer in the summer. You can you only overseas teams can talk from January. They can only right. offer contract or, or get agreements. For, I, I think they can probably talk, but. You can only actually offer an agreement if you are not 
England or English based or UK based at that point. Right, so okay. it, it would possibly be somebody from Wesley that could sign him up to a pre-contract agreement before the end of the season. And I mean, we, we all know what goes on. There's always talk and regardless of what happens, you, you look at half the transfer deals and half the deals done before the clubs have even spoken to each other. So they, it'll all be, yeah. be be done through their, their agents anyway. So yeah, absolutely. I think, the, got... I think the thing that worries, sorry to interrupt, the thing that worries me about Thielman's is we had every chance of getting him at the back end of that window. And for one reason or another, we didn't. Is he going to then pass the no dickhead policy because he's just holding out for a load of wedge in the summer with him being on a yeah. free? If he I've, is, I've, then he's either kind of player that we really want. I don't know. Yeah. I've got a mate who's a Leicester fan, and he said that Tillemans noticeably down tools is what they what the Leicester fans were saying, um, and that's not good. That doesn't scream good character. I think Madison hasn't done that. I think he still put it in. He still tried tried to do what he needs to do for Leicester. Um, and I yeah, think Madison's that, got that, twice this season, I think. Yeah. yeah, that puts him in a better light for me for an old dickhead policy. PK absolutely made, but it just goes to show you that we are looking to improve, and it'll it yeah. all depend again on injuries. It'll all depend on form. You know, if you know, hopefully Callum Wilson isn't knackered, um, you know, like like he was um, or has been this season. I really hope with Isaac coming in, we we manage Wilson's time a bit better. You know, that that's maybe a debate for when you know for when we get to the fixtures in a second. If you know, if and when Wilson and Isaac are both fit, what do you do? But for me, I think you've got to manage Wilson's body correctly if you want to last the whole season. Um, or if you, you know, if you play him too much, you risk, yeah, you risk losing him. But, but moving on swiftly to the next section, then, guys. So there was a, a bit of news that came out, and uh, me and Mark touched upon this on Monday. Um, we have got a couple of the squad that is NUST board members. They're not on tonight, sadly, but we may talk about this a little bit later on. But, but obviously, everybody knows that there was an 1892 pledge scheme that was run by the Newcastle United Supporters Trust prior to the takeover happening where we were going to be able to buy back a portion of our club. Many people donated one-offs, like me and PK did. Many people did direct debits. Um, but the the money that was stored away, um, the, you know, when the takeover happened, there was talk about it potentially going to charities. Now, the, the trust have, have decided on, uh, on, on charities that the money is going to go to. It's obviously going to be split between the charities. You've got Sir Bobby Robson Foundation, the Alan Shearer Foundation, the Newcastle uh, United Food Bank, and uh, the Newcastle United Foundation. So just coming to you first, PK, um, you know, I can't see many people booting off about this on social media. Um, they surely can't. I mean, they're very worthwhile causes and they've been decimated by the pandemic as well. So this money will yeah, go a long way absolutely. for them. I think it's brilliant. I haven't seen one bit of negativity on there no, on, on social media. To be perfectly honest, uh, got the email through, oh God, last night, night before. Can't remember. I went on and I voted for... Uh, I was happy with what I saw and what I read and, and in yeah. terms of the, the split that they're doing. These charities need the money. <clears throat> you said it yourself, you know, it's not just in COVID times, you know, there's a, there's a there's a issue with people paying their fucking gas and electric at the minute. So people are giving naturally giving less to charity because they need to save more money. Um, so I think it's great, you know, 200 grand or whatever it's going to be in the end, going to these charities split, split the way they look like, splitting for it more than happy with it i think it's brilliant that you know there's 200 grand's worth of the cassie united supporters money going to good causes i think it's great absolutely mark would you agree with that as well mate it's much better going to these charities than some wanker like the chelsea owner's pocket mate <laughs> no absolutely do you know what it is yeah i think it's taken a while to, for that to come out hasn't it but they've obviously had to do this this properly um and it and it's been it's been good to see that you know at the end of this that the money that that 
was it 7,000 fans put, put towards um, the, the, the pledge or something like that, that the money's going to go and do some good. Um, they're, they're, they're very, very worthwhile. If it goes in and in, in, in sort of completes projects or whatever it is for, for the for the charities, it goes to the food bank, they're able to to help, especially at the moment. You touched it before, with the way things are going at the moment, it's getting worse and worse. And I, at the job that I do, I see it an awful lot, unfortunately. And somewhere like that is, you know, it, it, it's worth its weight in gold. And, you know, I kind of, I, I can't praise the, the work that, Everybody's at the club is kind of done with regards to the food bank um, already. So to see something like this happen as well, it's just it is it is properly good. I, I can't give them enough credit for for where the, this is going to go and, and for the real good good that this is going to do for people. So yeah, they've, I mean, absolutely, <laughs> there's no issue there. Yeah, I think you'd have to be a pr pretty serious shit house to have a problem with uh, the money going to uh, to those charities. Made to be honest with you, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. We'll maybe get the lads on from the trust, uh, you know, as part of the EM squad, just to talk about it, and then uh, you know, just give us some indication as to how that's gone down. And you know, we might even be able to get somebody from the charity possibly to pop on as well. And let us know how how much that's going to help them, which would be brilliant. So just to wrap up then with the last um, topic, obviously we mentioned at the start, the football is back this weekend for now, as Mark always says, because you never know what's going to happen with the policing numbers. Uh, but just coming to you, PK, obviously Bournemouth coming up to St. James's Park. You'll be there, mate, in Lee's end, as always. Um, well, big big game for Eddie Howe, massive game, and also for RX Bournemouth contingent. Um, how do you see it going, mate? Are you, are you confident? Do you think we've got enough to do them? Yeah, they haven't got a manager yet now. Well, Gary Neal's, Gary Neal's done all right, to be fair, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's been pretty steady away, I think. Has he? Fucking ex-Middlesbrough, hasn't he? But ex-Bolsworth and Middlesbrough. I think that, um, come on, let's be honest here. If we don't turn Bournemouth over comfortably at home on Saturday, there's something wrong with our football club. You know, they're the kind of teams that they'll get relegated this season. Are they still below Villa? Or has that changed now? Sorry, above Villa. They were I mean, had lost 9-0 at Liverpool yeah. and was still above Villa in the league at that time, which sort of made me chuckle a little bit. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> he's, he's not having that, is he? Look at him. Look at that face. Stay quiet. No, no. But no, we're, we're, not, we're, not, that, here, we're not here to talk about Villa, mate. We're here to talk about no. us, aren't we? So, we are. We are. Yeah, I think we'll turn I think we'll turn them over. I think we'll have Bruno back for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping that you know we might have we might see something at same maximum and maybe Wilson on the bench. So, but Bruno's a massive one. I mean, you you see the runs that Isaac was making. If Bruno can find him, that'll just tear Bournemouth's defence apart, won't it? I am going for a, I am going for a Isaac two goals, Bruno one goal, three nil victory. Very Come nice, on. confident, very confident. What about you, Mark? I am he confident. Use confidence, confident as PK, Mark. Do you think we'll do them? Yeah, I, I, look, they've they've what they've they've conceded eighteen goals. I know nine of those were were, were against Liverpool, but they've, they've yeah. you know they've conceded four against City, three against Arsenal. You you kind of have to say they've they've had a bit of a rough start of the season, but they then look shocking to start with against Forest. Um, so it's you, you back Newcastle to score a hatful, and and I think it, it, you potentially be, and we, we've probably mentioned this before, somebody's due a hiding because the, the XG in certain games has been high enough that those goals will go in at some point. So you could conceivably see four or five at the weekend and, and without breaking sweat because Bournemouth have just been 
awful at times. They've had a couple of of, of good results, have looked pretty poor. But defensively, they look. If you know, if you score a couple of goals, they'll crack easily, and then you can you can just wipe the floor with them. So, I could I could possibly see it being being four 0 at the weekend. Oh wow, bloody hell! Well, Ash is saying there he's got a good point that, that these are the type of games we usually lose. Well under the bacon gobbler, anyway. I like that one. Uh, we were like a charity giving points away to the needy, one hundred percent. We've got uh, Roger saying Isaac to score at least, uh, or Isaac sorry to score at least one. Uh, and uh, Stu saying Bruce out absolutely. Hopefully, it will be somewhere soon. But yeah, I'm, I'm going with you guys as well. I, I think as you rightly say, Mark, somebody's due a doing here, and I think. We, we played well against Palace. I mean, we, we didn't put the chances away. We played really well. Um, and I think we should have we should have done a lot better than we did um, in terms of those chances. Obviously, the VAR thing is the VAR thing. But I think Isaac would have learned from that that opportunity against Palace. And I think he'd be clinical. I think he'd be, he'd be hungry for goals against Bournemouth. And, and, and Bournemouth are the type of team that will give him space as well. And as, as PK rightly says, if you've got a bench with Wilson and Maxi on there to come on, and just just run at tired legs as well. Wilson will want a goal against his old team, no doubt about that. Eddie Howell want the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you lads as well. I'm 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 going to go for. Do you know what bollocks? I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to go four nil. Um, I think we'll do four nil, and uh, I think we'll really we'll really um take take them take them to the sword. I think. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> think they've got enough to deal. with. You come out with that as if it was something brand new. I've literally just said it was it would be four 0 Thanks very much, man. No, because I'm normally a bit more reserved. I'm normally a bit more reserved. I, I normally at least at least give somebody a chance to score a goal, possibly. But I think you can. Oh, fuck it. I'll say five 0 then. Five 0 Mark. Oh, five nil. Right. There we go. Five 0 I'll go one above <laughs> you. So we'll do them five 0 uh, But I just yeah, I think the as you say, Mark, that they've done all right in spells, but they've got so many gaps having on that side. They're weak in the midfield. They're open at the back, and that's where we're our strongest. And as you say, PK, um, you know, Bruno coming back is uh, is massive. Massive. That game. That's why I think that's why we didn't win the game against Palace in the end. We sort of I ran agree. out of ideas, didn't we? <laughs> Ash has gone six. Who's got seven? Maybe a seven, maybe seven, maybe seven. It's like a, it's like a bloody uh, auction here, isn't it? <laughs> We've got uh, two coin phrases in totally yeah, I will be. A, a hiding is on the cards. I totally agree. Yeah, and he's also he's also raised it for seven as well. <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, what's that? We'll go three. Isaac Brace. Very good. See, Roger's being a bit more reserved there in his, uh, in his uh, take. I was tempted Just to go 3-0. Yeah, I was going to say, I was tempted to go 3-0. But I do think, um, I mean, just touching on this, I mean, if Wilson is fit, um, we were kind of just, you know, touching this yeah, before there. But if Wilson is fit off the bench... Do we see Wilson and Isaac up front together, or do you think uh, one's off for the other? And do you think Eddie Howe will will start to do that as opposed to this whole let's stick Isaac on the right wing? Either one, he can say that. I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to change from his four three three. I think he knows yeah. deep down that Wilson will only get 18, 17, 18, 19 games this season, so it's probably not going to be too much of a dilemma for him. Yeah. But I think when Wilson is back and fully fit for the three games until he's out again, I think he will push Isaac further outright. With, you know, with a, he likes his inverted wingers. We've noticed that. He won't place it maximum on the right and Miggy on the left. Mm. So just think that Isaac's fairly left-footed. Is that right? He's right-footed. He's right-footed. Is he right-footed? Mm. Okay. I think he's so right-footed. Yeah. 
I don't know. That would go Look, against. I'm questioning, myself. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning myself now. I don't I'm know. I threw my phone over there because I could hear some interference before, so my phone's gone over there somewhere. Yes, so I, I, did. I didn't hear that. Now. I think that Eddie likes his inverted wingers, so maybe he, he won't play Zach outright. I don't know. I, I cannot see him dropping a 60, 58 million pound centre forward or, or player when Wilson's fit, can you? I think he'll play both of them and fit them in, but I don't think he'll change his formation, well, which means Isaac will have to pretty much go out right. Yeah, I mean, Mark, to be fair, I mean, we're, we're not strong on the right-hand side. Nick, Miggy, we just talked about, has very limited end product. And if you've got those two fit and raring to go, you know, and, and you've got a potential front three, as PK says there, of Maxi, uh, Wilson and Isaac, I mean, that's too tough not to play that, isn't it, mate? It is. I, I'd almost, I, I think I would go the the other route with the with the, where he plays. Or I think I'd play him down the left. And like you say, that inverted that inverted sort of style on his, and it and it really yeah. suited against Liverpool that he, he was playing that, especially that the second goal, that that that's where it came from. He came down that left hand side. So you you almost switch Maxi over to the right hand side and play Isaac left because he's possibly that he, he's obviously going to be more of a goal threat. I think coming in off that left hand side than, than Saint Maximum is. And you can utilize Maxi's um, pace and in his skill down the right hand side to create then the space for the other guys. So I think that's possibly if that's going to happen, that might be the way that he, he brings him in. It's Is it nice options. to talk about options? Twins PK. No, that's me and him. He didn't get the memo about no white t-shirt. Did uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> over there wear the bloody same t-shirt? Right? <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's a great way to end up there, lads. So that's us wrapped up for this week. Thank you so much to everybody in the comments. We always appreciate it. It really helps the, the channel uh, grow and it helps the episodes flow. As I mentioned at the start, if you like what we do, please consider clicking the like and subscribe button just below PK's chin there. Uh, really Cheers. help us grow as well. Yeah, <laughs> chin, one chin, one chin. Uh, gets us, try and get us to 1900. That's the next milestone for us. And then on to 2000. We really enjoyed doing this. It's all free content. We're not charging anybody for it. We don't intend to charge anybody for it, especially in difficult times, as PK touched on before. We're just a group of guys that like talking about the club with another group of people who like talking about the club. So if you like that, click the button, hit the bell, and you won't miss any of the videos that we do. We'll be back. Uh, we're not doing a what's going on on Monday, Mark, out of respect, obviously, for what the day is. Um, would would take a real shit house to do a live video <clears throat> during those kind of things. I want no comment as PK speaking there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not doing any of that. We'll be back next Wednesday with another Evermore podcast, and there might be some proper videos uh, over the weekend uh, regarding the game. So keep it Evermore, guys. Let's keep supporting our team. We'll call you night in. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch us later. Take care, guys. Cheers.